Radio.com.au. <laughs> a little vacant moment there. Um, South Australia is uh, is known, of course, as the festival state, and rightly so. The title uh, still even pops up on a lot of uh, number plates around town, doesn't it? But we can't really rest on our laurels, of course, in maintaining that reputation. We need to keep reinventing ourselves as the uh, the world festival leader. And two of the people carrying that responsibility responsibility are with me in the studio right now. You can't tell it's my first day back from holidays. <laughs> Rob Brookman is the executive director of the Adelaide Festival. G'day, Rob. G'day. <laughs> and uh, Heather Kroll, the director of the Adelaide Fringe. I'll put my false teeth in and, and get the, <laughs> the brain functioning again. How are you? Well, we're also, um, yeah, just we're here with a bit of our brains, but uh, mainly because we've been <laughs> overwhelmed with working through the Christmas time, trying yeah. to keep up with the demand of ticket buyers. I was just having a chat with Rob before we came on. Absolutely um, amazing ticket sales are going on at the Fringe and Festival and everywhere. So, yeah, we've, we're also a little bit brain fried, but for for all the good reasons of organising. Yeah, absolutely, from success. Mm. And, and look, we can start with that. Why is it that we continue to break the record? Your Fringe last year knocked mm. it out of the ballpark, mm. as did uh, the festival, Rob. Why, why do we keep on getting bigger and bigger? Yeah, look, I think that... Um it's it's a combination of a couple of factors. Um, one is certainly the incredible support that we have from the Adelaide population, and I think that uh, over the years uh, that's just got stronger and stronger. Um, but as well as that, we're seeing more and more visitation coming in from uh, from interstate mm. and uh, and even a trickle from overseas as well. Mm. So. For us, for example, uh, around 30% of our audiences uh, come out come from interstate, and uh, in particular, very very strong for some of the kind of very high profile events like mm. the major opera that we put yep. on, some of the big mm. classical music, some of the big dance companies, and and so on. So. You know, we I guess we all keep wondering whether there's a bubble that's going to burst. <laughs> yeah. But it shows absolutely mm. no signs of it. And and I know that Wayne Adelaide is also mm. uh, currently running ahead of last year's sales as well. So, you know, we're, we're all about 20% up on where we were last year. Like and and it, the yeah. figures, 20% up, mm. your figures last year, what was it, 4.5 million? Mm. Yeah, which is uh, the box office record for the festival. And yeah. uh, I... I you know, you don't, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but I would be very surprised if we don't crack that record again this year. So you're tracking that well again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. And, and, and you are too, aren't you, Heather? Absolutely. So last last Fringe we sold $18 million worth of tickets mm. and it looks like we will probably get close to $20 million, um, in ticket sales this year, which is just hard to mm. imagine. And mm. the, good, the, the great news uh, in the way the Fringe works is that we sell the tickets on behalf of the artists yeah. and then all of that money goes back out into the industry. That's an injection of nearly you know nearly 20 million dollars that that the fringe is creating and injecting back into the arts it's bigger than some arts government budgets <laughs> it's pretty amazing it's actually a huge compliment too isn't it that, that it's actually the artists have to buy the event don't they they have to fund the event they're funding you, it yeah and and then you you sell That's tickets right. on their we behalf we sell tickets on their behalf it's a bit it is a bit like if you put your house on airbnb yeah. you don't yeah. earn any money until someone books it and they book it and they give the money to airbnb and then airbnb gives you the money so it's a very similar model mm. um and yeah i mean we've had really similar story to the the festival over the last few years just ticket sales growing every single year in the last 6 years our ticket sales have doubled at the fringe so 6 years ago we sold 300 
850,000 tickets. Um, and then in 2018, the last fringe, we sold 700,000 tickets. Mm. And it looks like we're going to sell close to 800,000 tickets at this point, which is, it's just, we do keep thinking, have we, is it at the limit? And just in answer to your question of why do we keep growing, I think it's also to do with, um, our festivals having a cumulative audiences that mm. never seem to go like we don't lose anyone we just gain more people yeah. so mm. people just keep coming they don't think oh I went last year I'm not going this year they think well I've gone every year and I'm going to keep it going it was good last year I'm going to go again and I'm going to so tell good. all my friends to come yeah. so yeah. Um, the the that cumulative growth is is really powerful um, especially for multi generational tickets mm. as well we often meet people that uh, it's a tradition the grannies the mothers the children the grandfathers that it, everyone goes out um a- across the family whether it's together or individually but they say you know everyone in our family goes to fringe it's it's mm. not for the young or the old it's for everybody well the fact that you've got artists more you know queuing up to become involved that's, yeah, that's a huge uh, compliment as well uh, rob you said about 30 percent of interstate uh, visitors what are what are your figures Anna? so uh, we had twenty thousand interstate visitors um come to fringe this year and that's um up the previous year we had around about uh, 17,000. So we're sort of seeing a growth of, um, it's an incremental growth of a mm. few thousand people a year. We've actually set ourselves a target by 2022 to have, um, you know, closer to 50,000, um, tourists coming to the fringe. And that's, um, you know, that it feels that we will be on track if we keep growing at, you know, a, a, a incremental sort of few percent a year. God, how do you guys sleep at night when you give yourself targets like that? No, well, we've actually we've given ourselves a target of selling a million tickets by twenty twenty two. There's another uh, killer stat, which our sort of peak body. There's a, a little body called Festivals Adelaide yes. that uh, uh, overarches Adelaide Festival, Fringe, uh, Cabaret Festival, and so on. Fifty percent of all the attendances at festivals in Australia are in South Australia. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, with whatever we are, about 7% of the population yeah. overall yeah. nationally, 50% of mm. all attendances of festivals are in South Australia. Mm. Um, that's how kind of disproportionate yeah. the whole juggernaut yeah. is. Yeah, I don't know what it tells us either, other than we, we like a good time, don't <laughs> yeah. we? We like a good yeah. time. Tell us, the, 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 the festival been going for 59 years. This is your 59th year, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so next year's going to be a big one. Where, how did it all start? Take us back. Yeah, look, it was, um, and, and I, I was alive then. Uh, I, <laughs> I hate to admit. You didn't have to admit that, but that's uh, right. And, and I've got to tell you, Adelaide in 1960 was a pretty dull place. I, I don't want to run the city down, but it was it was very white. It was very quiet. Uh, you couldn't drink in a pub after six o'clock at mm-hmm. night, mm-hmm. famously. Uh, you know, we had not had the incredible waves of uh, migration. I mean, there had been post-war migration, but. It, it was quite a dull town. Um, a, a professor of music at the university, the Elder Conservatorium, uh, John Bishop, uh, looked at overseas and looked at the Edinburgh Festival model and thought, this is incredible, you know, this could really kick-start uh, our community. And he got together with uh, the then chairman of uh, the advertiser, Sir Lloyd Dumas, and said, I've got this idea, can you help me make it happen? And this was well before, you know, governments dreamed of putting money into events. Uh, it, it came completely out of the community. And uh, they went out to uh, the uh, the OAFs, the old Adelaide families. Um, 
rattle the uh, rattle the can and uh, got a stack of people to go guarantor for the first festival in 1960. Lo and behold, all those guarantors got their money back. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and um, and that kicked it off. And it was it was comparatively modest back then in in 1960, but already you had the beginnings of two of the other uh, significant events. The very first Writers' Week, mm-hmm. uh, which was a semi-separate affair, um, was held to coincide, and then the very first Fringe uh, was also held. Back in those days, the festival itself uh, sort of put the Fringe on. It was yeah. more it or was less... part uh, of the, yeah, the festival, no, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like a listing of mm-hmm. all of the local galleries and mm-hmm. companies that wanted to have a go. Uh, and then, of course, in the 70s... Um, you know, the Fringe decided that it was time to actually get going and and run the event for itself, mm. which was which was great. How much did the the advent of the Festival Centre have on our reputation as being the Festival State? Oh, look, I think that's that was huge. A lot of people don't realise that the Festival Centre is actually the first of the major performing arts complexes to get built in Australia. So we narrowly uh, squeaked it in ahead of the Sydney Opera House. Oh, we've been about two weeks, didn't we? Something, Something like, like that, that. Yeah. 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 And then uh, well before the uh, the Arts Centre in Melbourne or the Queen's Performing Arts Centre were dreamed of in, uh, in Brisbane and uh, Melbourne. Uh, and that was very much as a result of people going, we've just brought the London Philharmonic with Sir Malcolm Sargent here, you know, and we've put them in Centennial Hall. Mm. I don't know whether anyone remembers Centennial Hall, but it's a great old barn of a thing where you used to swelter your way through examinations back in the uh, 60s and 70s. Uh and it was really very much the catalyst for the Adelaide Festival Centre being created and, well, I guess one of the reasons why mm. it bears the name Adelaide Festival Centre, mm. indeed. Mm. Uh, but from the festival's point of view, that has provided uh, three absolutely world-class venues for us to work in and it's it's critical to uh, the success of the festival. How is it going to affect you this year, given that uh, you know there's a big big hole next to the centre this year? In fact, probably next year too. Yeah, well, we've been living with the hole for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, it was it was there last year. Uh, it was on the way the year before that. Uh, in fact, I joked with Ra- Rachel Healy and Neil Armfield uh, when they were reappointed for a further two years that, you know, they would do five years' worth of Adelaide festivals and, and they would have to live with a construction site all the way the through. The entire time, yeah. yeah. Um, I, the, you know, people have learned how to navigate around there, um, and it's obviously much more clearly delineated now that the northern face of the Festival Centre has been fixed up. Yes, there's a big hole, but it's behind a hoarding. Mm. Uh, I think people can find their way around. The bigger loss for us this year is uh, is Her Majesty's, which, of course, is yeah. also mm. under reconstruction. And we've had to go out and, I suppose, think about a whole lot of different and alternate spaces to uh, to make up for that capacity. So... Uh, we're using places like the Scott Theatre and the Uni, uh, the Ancient Royalty on Angus Street, uh, and then some interesting places like the Ridley Pavilion at the Showground. Oh, OK. And yeah. quite a few little site-specific pieces, anywhere from Hans Heysen's uh, uh, House at the Cedars uh, through to um, uh, a retail outlet on King William Street. Gee, for, you're really uh, thinking outside the square then, then, yeah, then as a result. You know, yeah. necessity of the mother in, yeah. of invention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, we've got to admit, though, in a couple of years' time, when, when the, the, the development around the Festival Centre is finished and Her Majesty's is opened and finished, it's going to be stunning, oh, isn't it? Look, it? And that's going to create a whole new opportunity for us too, isn't it? 
Her Majesty's. A- a- absolutely. You know, we we applaud what's going on and the investment that the government's made in cultural infrastructure in, in the case of the Festival Centre and mm. uh, Her Majesty's. Still a few more things they could add mm. to the list over mm. future years, but... Um, uh, they're definitely wonderful developments for us. We're talking to Rob Brookman, who's the uh, the executive director of the Adelaide Festival, and also Heather Kroll, uh, the Adelaide Fringe Director. You got any comments about uh, the lovely times you've had uh, or uh, what's coming up? Give us a call, 8223 So let me get this right. You repaired, stained, polished this antique chair. Yep. But how did you learn all that? I WE8ed it. With over 300 short courses, you can WEA anything. Look for the course guide in the Sunday Mail this weekend. Today, school kids thrive in a connected classroom, but how do you choose the right device? Harvey Norman has a huge range for the Bring Your Own Device scheme. 5AA's Talking Tech with Adelaide Tech Guy Richard Pascoe for Harvey Norman Computers. Finding a decent laptop when you're on a budget used to be tricky. Lenovo makes it easy with the IdeaPad S130. Backed by performance-driven hardware, the Lenovo IdeaPad S130 14-inch laptop is a reliable companion for bolstering productivity at school. Slim and lightweight, it fits easily into school bags and can be carried all day. Or there's the versatile and flexible Lenovo Yoga 530. Compact and powered by an Intel dual-core processor, the Lenovo Yoga 530 has active pen support and offers dazzling visual and audio clarity for all your multimedia needs. For your chance to win a Lenovo Yoga 530 valued at $798, go to the Harvey Norman Talking Tech link at 5AA.com.au. Looking for window shade solutions to beat the summer heat? Rundle Blinds has the answer, and they're doing it for less during the New Year's sale. Choose Australia's largest and most awarded Luxaflex supplier, Rundle Blinds. All orders placed by 5AA listeners before February will receive a bonus, so mention this ad and ask us about it today. Be inspired. Visit the online gallery at rundleblinds.com.au or visit the showroom to arrange for an in-home consultation. Rundle Blinds, just south of the underpass on Goodwood Road, Kings Park. On average, the heart beats 80 times per minute. That's 4,800 times per hour and 115,000 times per day. Over 80 years, it beats over 3 billion times. Healthy Care Coenzyme Q10 assists in maintaining a healthy cardiovascular system and may also assist in healthy heart function. Get Healthy Care Coenzyme Q10 for only $19.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Come on, the clock's ticking. Always read the label. Use only as directed. If symptoms persist, consult your doctor. Chemist Warehouse. Lowest prices guaranteed. Our market, Adelaide Central Market, is celebrating 150 years. Help us celebrate at our market birthday party on Saturday, February 2nd with free family activities. Face painting, cupcake decorating, a cooking demonstration, music, market specials and more. Celebrate 150 years of Adelaide Central Market with free family activities at our market birthday party Saturday, February 2nd. Our market for 150 years, Adelaide Central Market. See adelaidecentralmarket.com for more details. How's business? I see your digital marketing plan coming together nicely. Who did that for you? Me. You? But how? I WEA'd it. With over 300 short courses, you can WEA anything. Look for the course guide in the Sunday Mail this weekend. In Adelaide and across South Australia, this is Alan Hickey. Scraped your caravan? Walker Crash Caravan Repairs. Easy insurance repairs, fast. Fast. 
Ten minutes away from two o'clock, uh, we have two very special guests with us, uh, people who are feeling the pressure, <laughs> just slightly. Rob Brookman, who's the, the Adelaide Festival Executive Director, and Heather Kroll, the uh, Fringe Director. And they're feeling the pressure because every year they hold their events, the numbers go up. So the bar's pretty high, you two. Now, Heather, you uh, haven't failed Little Divid so far. You've, you've gone through the roof with, uh, with all the ticket sales. And as you say, Touchwood this uh, year is looking pretty good as well. Kicks off on the 15th. It's pretty close. Yes, it's only a few weeks yeah. away. And, um, uh, um, I mean, it's just it, we keep checking the tickets. Are we really that much ahead compared <laughs> to last year? And it is, it is true. And, I mean, people are getting so much better at... Um, hopping on, um, organising themselves a bit better. We've we've spent a lot of time listening to what people um, have told us about buying tickets and what they want. They just want ease. They just want yeah. to find things yeah. with ease. They want to be able to navigate the program and find something that uh, is is a simple sort of route to discovering, having a look around and then suddenly they've bought a ticket before they know. That's been something we've devoted a huge amount of time to. So while it's not sort of all the, the, the glitter and the sequence and the glam and the fun at the front end, we've actually spent a lot of time trying to make sure that the customer journey is easier. Mm. Um, we've we've added in lots of filters on our website that are getting really good responses at the moment. So you can search through our website with so many new, you know, so many new parameters and if you only want to know about a certain date range or a certain time range or a certain suburb. You can even put your council name into our okay. website now. you can narrow it down. Uh, yeah, mm. so if you live mm. in Charles Sturt or wherever you live, just pop that in the keywords and then it'll only show you the shows that are in your neighbourhood. So things like that that we've, you know, we've <laughs> people have said, look, I have to sit down for hours with pen and paper and, mm. go, and that's good fun anyway, mm. but uh, not everyone has the time and wants to do it. So we've tried to create that digital um, ticketing system that is now feeling more in the in the in the, in the day all, that we live. That's also one of the unique things, uh, and uh, obviously one of the things that makes it so successful is the spread of mm. uh, the fringe. It's not just Rymel Park. It's not just in the parklands, is it? It's all Absolutely over the state. Absolutely not. So we have 500 venues mm. and around about 250 of them are in the CBD and for the first time this year we will be building little signposts all over. You'll see them popping oh, up very yeah. soon that'll say you know, such and such venue, 50 metres or 20 metres. Or there'll, be, there'll be little arrows going everywhere. That's uh, something we're doing, working with the City Council on that. So you'll know that you're never, you're never, more, uh, never more than a few steps from a fringe venue in the CBD. And then uh, over 200, nearly 250 are all in the suburbs. So, um, it, you know, it's uh, it's amazing the growth that's been happening in the suburbs. And then, of course, we even have fringe in the regions as well. Mm. So fringe mm. in Wyala, fringe in Port Augusta, Murray Bridge for the first time is having fringe. Um, yeah, fringe just goes all everywhere now. So um, the people do love coming out to um, the, the really the big hubs and so, you know, going into the East End to the Gluttony, the Garden and the, and the RCC, which this year is going to be in the university grounds. That'll be really fun, I think, taking over the, the uh, lawns and the buildings of the university. Um, but also... It's just as much fun to go to the tiny little venue is, and, yeah. and something in your neighbourhood that mm. you could even just walk home mm. from. So that's what we're always trying to make sure that people um, don't realise, don't don't miss the fact that mm. there's fringe in their neighbourhood. Mm. And there's something for everyone. Rob, is it difficult sort of having a look at the, the whole picture, uh, the overarching picture? We've got the festival, we've got Wom Adelaide, we've got the fringe, mm. we've got Riders Week. 
sitting at the sort of at the top of that table, is it difficult to make sure that each of them don't fight each other too much, that we all come out a winner? Yeah, look, I think that uh, they are very much complementary rather than, than competitive, um, as indicated, I guess, by the fact that we seem to be finding the yeah, audience for, for all mm. of those events. Um, you know, Wome Adelaide has built its very special and particular relationship with, with Botanic Park. Uh, Adelaide Writers Week has got its particular bit of the Australia, mm. the, the Adelaide Gardens uh, in the Pioneer Women's Memorial Gardens, uh, and it's got its weekend. Uh, the fringe is everywhere all around us. It's pervasive. Uh, and then alongside usually some major events in Elder Park, uh, you know, we are more in formal venues. So I, I think that you know, in that way, we we balance up, and there is such a variety of experiences. And the adept fringe and festival goer, uh, you know, works out how to navigate a pathway through all four. And you know, at one extremity, you'll find some people who will identify just as festival goers, and other mm -hmm. people yeah. just go to Writers Week, or just go to Wayne Adelaide, or just go to the fringe. But actually, there's a huge number of people, and I, I take my hat off to them because being able to make your decisions in terms of creating a pathway through, you know, thousands of events uh, is, um, it, you know, it takes some planning. Mm, mm. I think you're right too. I, I've noticed over the last decade or so a real coming together, a real merging. You know, mm, yeah. you, you're right. You used because to be it, you used to be the Adelaide. Absolutely. Uh, I think it was you know, more black and white. I feel yeah. that the grey area is, is, mm. is, is much bigger now. I think people... I think people even just um, start planning their summer festival experience and they're not even all that bothered whether it's fringe or festival. They're just saying, right, I want to see that. For mm. the, for the mm. I just want to see that, so I'm going to that. They're not even bothered if it's fringe or festival. But um, uh, we, um, we definitely don't see it as a competitive scenario. I think clustering does work in that way. So uh, Edinburgh has exactly the same cluster, really. So they have the, fr the fringe, the festival, mm -hmm. they have their writer's week. You know, I mean, it, it's about... Um, if you are trying to attract tourists as well, that clustering really works. So if you say coming to WOMAD for the weekend, you might add another day on either side of the weekend and go to the Fringe and a festival show or um, same thing with Writers' Week. So I think there's, if anything, there's probably more potential for us to collaborate more yeah. mm. um, and, and see a way to... Uh, work together to really nail that tourism growth because I think that's the growth that we've all identified as something did, that we did want that to work on. that sort of evolve on. that way? Because you all all started out, you know, uh, uh, in your own specific sort of genre of, of mm. entertainment. Mm. Did it just evolve or was that actually a, a master plan? Well, well I think uh, one of the interesting things is that uh, that all three of the other festivals, if you like, from my chair, the yeah. Fringe Writers Week and Wayne Adelaide have all had their beginnings with the festival. Uh, so the Fringe evolved out of the festival in the 70s. Uh, Wayne Adelaide started in the festival that I directed in 92 as a festival event. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when I was working for the Festival Centre, we decided to take it independent because we couldn't be sure that future festival directors would want to do it. Uh, and Writers Week, even though it's still formally inside the festival, uh, has taken on its own life and uh so i i i think probably one of the great advantages is it, it's always you know that the motive has come from 
one place in the first place and then you've got this multiplicity of things happening but there's always been respect. Uh, I think also that um, the fact that um, the, the Fringe really, um, because it was born out of artists wanting to put things on without having to be selected to put them on and without having to be curated, the fe- it was always acknowledged that the festival is putting on things that are curated, yeah. selected and so on. And so artists were like, well, we want to still put things on. And it, it is, it did start as a sort of a, just a random listing. It's just a listing of things because, oh, okay, well, we're going to put on this exhibition, we're going to put on this play. And that um, that uh, artist-driven, ground-up um, ethos of the open-access nature of the Fringe has never gone away, and it's always been like that since year one. And so the, um, because it's ground-up and the festival's really curated as a top-down, it's it, it you can see immediately that there is such a mm. sort of, you know, a, a grassroots-up, a, a curated selection down. It's, you can see that that can work together. Yeah, absolutely. And mm. so I think that's a, you know, that's where... And what's been beautiful is that both have just grown and grown and grown and it's not... We're not really seeing anyone... Even, even though the Fringe has ballooned into this enormous thing that is taking over everywhere... It doesn't feel that it's, um, you know, too crowded or in, uh, stepping on the toes of anything. I mm. think people, if, if we were seeing ticket growth stagnating or growing downwards, we would definitely have to have a look and think about what we, what we're doing. But, um, seeing the audience demand just grow and grow and grow just to me is saying that that, that, um, diversity is working it's really working well. It's working perfectly, yeah. I think the other thing we have to remember too is that this city, uh, works so, brilliantly as a as a festival it city does, yeah, yeah. and yeah, so yeah. you know if you think about if you like that beautiful evening you can curate for yourself you, mm. uh, and a lot more people are doing it these days of actually going into and out of WOMAD for example so uh, you know you could start off and see a couple of fantastic things at WOMAD you could wander down the the, the river through the amazing projections that uh, the fringe are organizing there head on up to the festival center and catch a show in the festival theater you know go to the palais and mm have a dance and a drink late into the night. There's so many ways that you can engage um, and happily so many ways in which you can go engage that don't necessarily have to cost you a fortune. You know, Writers Week is is free. A lot of fringe yeah. events are free. We just did Absolutely. a um, yeah. study across our program last week to do a what's the median price of a ticket at the Adelaide Fringe and it was $24. Right, okay. So for mm. this year, for 2019, we have 1,300 shows and, um, you know, uh, $24 is your average kind of price that you'll be expected to pay. So it is very affordable and I think that's how you can add so many things together. You can add all the things that we've talked about, all the different tickets and make it sort of make sense. In Absolutely. The, you know, well, listen, congratulations and, and um, onwards and upwards. Good luck Absolutely. with it all, and I'm sure we'll uh, see you before then. So yes, Fringe kicks you. off on the 15th. Your festival? March 1. March 1. There you go. Something for everyone. Good on you. Thanks see very you much, uh, Rob Brookman and uh, Heather Kroll. Stay with us after the break. Uh, Dr Derek is here to sort out all of your pet issues.